Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. I am Fallon Ballard, here with my breathtaking co-host, Courtney <laughs> Kay. <laughs> and yes, I googled synonym for fabulous on my handy-dandy page that I already have open on Google that's just synonym for, <laughs> and then I just fill in the words as needed as I'm writing, because that's how we do it. Um, <laughs> so, Courtney. That's how books are written. It's, it's true. Like, that page, do you have, it literally just stays open on, I have a tab open yeah. on, <laughs> and it's just synonyms. 100%. Um, and the emotion thesaurus. Yes. I love that one. It feels yes. like cheating that book. I go in there and it, yeah, I love that book. Yeah. I probably need to utilize it more um, because my characters do a lot of sighing and eyebrow raising. And <laughs> Mine too. There's a lot of swallowing going on. I mean, we could take that in a lot of different directions. That's right. <laughs> And I am here with my, um, okay, so I like, literally, why can't I think of the word? <laughs> where, where it's like two letters in the same. Oh, alliteration? Alliteration. <laughs> thank you. And I have written two books. Um, I love alliterations. So I was looking up an, an F adjective for Fallon. <laughs> Sorry. But um, my favorite is fairest in all the land, Fallon. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. So nice. <laughs> I actually this morning was just watching this TikTok. Um, it was called, it's like Magic with Thomas or something. And it's this teenage boy who's on the spectrum. And um, his father filmed him at Disneyland with the evil queen. And she was so like, it was such a touching and amazing video because she was picking up a leaf and she said this is the softest leaf you'll ever feel Thomas and just like my cape and she was having him like touch her cape it was just like one of those uh heartwarming videos to watch anyway go take a peek if you're looking for something happy <laughs> I love those I think there's a whole bunch of him with like the different character they're all and greets yeah they're very but sweet the yeah, the the fairest in all the land made me think of the evil yeah. queen, which made me think of that. So here we are. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I'm good. Um, I feel like I am mostly recovered from my whirlwind, like three weeks of life. Um, and, you know, I feel like a functioning human being again, which is nice. Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I should oh, put good. like in quotes. Quotes, functioning, human. <laughs> That's good, though. Gosh, you really did have a whirlwind there. Lots yeah. of traveling for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's nice to kind of just, like, be home. I actually, like, you know, unpacked my suitcase. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we get to chill for a little bit. So it's good. Um, what have you been consuming lately? I have been caught up in the um, doing lots of things for my sister's wedding that's coming up in a few months. Nice. Yeah. And so been planning a really fun bachelorette weekend um, 
Yeah. So that's been fun. And also in that theme, I watched uh, People We Hate at the Wedding. (laughs) Um, So it's this movie, and I believe it's based on a book, I believe a UK book. Um, But it stars like Allison Janney, Ben Platt, Kristen Bell. Um, And (laughs) I hope none of these things happen at my sister's wedding. But it was (laughs) like one of those comedy dramas. Um, There are some trigger warnings. So check them out if you're interested in watching that movie. But um, it had me laughing. And yeah, it was just good timing with like wedding planning and (laughs) what not to do. That's a really good (laughs) cast. Like I love all of those people. Me too. And Ben Platt is just so adorable. I love, like, I love, um, I love him in Dear Evan Hansen. I only, the only thing I have, like, consumed of Dear Evan Hansen was the original Broadway recording. And mm-hmm. so he's the voice of that musical for me. Um, but my best friend took me to see it here in LA at the Pan, no, the Amundsen. Yeah. Um, and the person who played it there was absolutely incredible. It, um, But yeah, also lots of trigger warnings for that one. That was a cool musical because they fill in a lot with dialogue in yeah. between the music. And it's not typically that way. Yeah. That was one that um, after I listened to the recording the first time, I was like, okay, I have to go look up the plot of this show because the recording on its own, like, doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, sometimes when you're reading, when you're listening to a recording, you can get like a sense of the story and it's pretty easy to kind of like tell what's happening. But that was one where I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. I need to get some background info. Yeah. And then there were parts in the dialogue that hit so different. Like they made the songs hit so different. And I mm-hmm. was just bawling my eyes out in the theater. <laughs> I have never cried. I mean, and I cry in like every show at some point in time, even if it's not like an emotional show. But I have never, I was like full on heaving sobs in the song that the mom sings to him. I mean, I like to the point where my husband looked at me and he was like, are you, are you okay? And I was like, oh, like it was <laughs> yeah, that was me. That like ugly crying, yes. not even cute. Like no. <laughs> a lot of crying, <laughs> a lot of crying. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, friend. What have you yeah. been consuming? Okay, well, a lot of things um, as usual. Um, I saw the new Ant Man. I don't even need to talk about it. That's how inconsequential it was. No. Um, I know. Disappointing. Um, I am loving the new Vanderpump Rules season. I feel like we are having a Vanderpump renaissance. I'm here for it. But I'm going to do something a little different this week. And I have to talk about this book that I just read because it was so fucking good. Like, I cannot even... And I guess I should disclose that somebody sent me the book, like a PR person sent me the book. I think you're supposed Fancy. to say that. <laughs> um, but she like sent it to me. She was like, do you want this book? It's like, um, you know, it's based on Phantom of the Opera. And I was like, yes, <gasps> send it to me immediately. That's all yeah. that I need in life. Um, right. So it's called Midnight Duet by Jen Comfort. Oh, yes. I just 
I haven't had this experience reading a book in quite some time where I just picked up this book and from the first page, I was like, oh my God, I am obsessed. Like this is my jam right here. All of it. The main character, Erica, is like the phantom character. She is terrible. I love her so much. (laughs) Like I just fell for her from the very beginning. She's an awful person at the beginning of this book and I was here for every second of it loved it and she basically is like a Broadway star she goes through this tragedy where um you know she has an accident this happens in the first chapter so it's not a huge spoiler um and basically like it ends her Broadway career and so she moves out to Nevada where her like great great grandmother had opened this theater and so she takes over this theater and it's like in shambles and falling apart and she doesn't have any money and she's like crap like I'm gonna lose this theater if I don't like do something to change this and so she puts like an ad out on you know, like Craigslist or something. And this German like hair metal band responds to the ad and is like, we want to come to America to work on our next album. So we're going to rent this theater from you for like three weeks. And she's like, sweet. I get all this money from them, like coming and staying at the theater. And like the theater is not up to code, like it's not safe at all, but she's like, whatever, I'm going to take their money (laughs) and just do what I need to do. And so the hero is the lead singer and like leader manager of the band. And he's just like so ridiculous. And I just (laughs) love him so much. He is just like so straight laced, but also a rock star. And so he is like so into himself, but in this way that is like so endearing and so funny. And I just, this whole book was a freaking joy. I cannot wait to, I haven't read Jen's other book, which is I think The Astronaut and the Star. Um, So I'm like, okay, well, I need to get that immediately because her writing is so good, like so funny, so sharp. I'm obsessed. I cannot talk about this book enough. I don't think I took a breath listening to that. (laughs) Like that went in such a different direction than I thought a phantom retelling was going to go. And it sounds like it could not be more perfect. I mean, it is like one of those books where you finish it. And it really was. I was like, that was a perfect book from start to finish. Like no notes, 10 out of 10 would give you a million stars if I could. Um, And I don't know. I just like, and I think reading it, like I read it right when I came back from New York, it was like the perfect timing for me. And I just, I loved it. Loved every second. Jen, I hope you're listening to this. Your book is fabulous. Oh my God. (laughs) Please come on the podcast. (laughs) I I can, I can, like when you were describing it, I could see it like a movie in my mind. And yes. the German metal band, <laughs> I I can imagine the antics are hilarious. I mean, the side characters, like the um, the lead singer's sister is also in the band. And she's like obsessed with like 
having a seance and spirits and dead people and they like go to a thrift store and she's like i need to buy this coffin and it's like it's so so funny oh it's just so good so um i'll make sure i put a link to that in the show notes go buy it because it's amazing oh my god i also this is one of my weird side thoughts but i wish my last name was comfort (laughs) (laughs) That's the best last name ever. I don't know. Courtney Comfort sounds like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're getting into stripper territory there, which I love that journey for you. And um, I'm here to support you in whatever you decide. But That that would be my name, I think. No, not, yeah. This is not Jen. <laughs> Jen. Funny. But oh, I, love, I love that name, Jen Comfort. And I love that book. And I can't wait to read it. So good. So Uh, good. All right. Well, we have a really fun interview coming out today. I have not laughed that hard in a long time. Yeah. (laughs) I think hopefully you all will be laughing too because we had a lot of fun chatting with Sophie Sullivan, who is amazing. Amazing. Um, She was so lovely and hilarious. And, um, Actually, her daughter, Callie Halford, makes a an appearance, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, Get a bonus. And, yeah, Callie is also a YA writer with a book coming out next year called The Last Love Song. So they're just like a very, very talented family. <laughs> yes. I mean, And wait until you hear how many books Sophie has written because yeah. I died a little inside in the best way. We were on the floor. (laughs) Yes. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with our interview with Sophie Sullivan. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy to Meet Cute. So, so excited to introduce our guest for today. Sophie Sullivan is a Canadian author as well as a cookie-eating, diet-pepsi-drinking Disney enthusiast, which I think means that we are meant to be friends, uh, who loves reading and writing romance in almost equal measure. She writes around her day job as a teacher, Godspeed, and spends her spare time with her sweet family watching reruns of Friends. She also writes Happily Ever Afters as her alter ego, Jody Halford, which, again, I just <laughs> so impressed by you already. Um, so, Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. We're so, so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> so, and we know you are coming off of a long day of teaching, so thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. With a nice bang today, literally. So, <laughs> I always Kids. think, and I have a student teacher, and I always think I can't be surprised. I'm like, just so you know, this is not typical. I feel like I'm a lot. So. <laughs> there was a falling of a chair incident. We yes. Were told. The, the yes. Over while I was instructing them how to do something, the best part is that the chair fell over, slid, hit me, and he laid there and said, Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> a little hard to do, staring up at me from the floor. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so, oh. 
I'm just impressed that you didn't also in that moment just lay down on the floor and right. just be like, I'm done. <laughs> I think of it sometimes, except the floor is not a clean place. So I'm like, okay, oh. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> uh, well, we're so excited to chat with you today. Do you want to start by telling our listeners a little bit about your latest release, Guide to Being Just Friends? Uh, I'm very, I'm really excited. People are enjoying Haley West. It's always a bit, bittersweet to finish a series. I loved writing the series. I loved writing all three brothers, but this last one focuses on the oldest brother who kind of dealt with a lot of the same issues as the brothers in the first ones, but he took the brunt of it. So he's a little more careful, a little more measured. He doesn't want to fall in love. He wants to find someone that he's compatible with and can share time with and enjoy, but not have uncontrollable emotions for. And Haley is just starting her life over after kind of taking a gamble on the wrong guy. I'm really sorry. My dogs are barking. It's totally fine. We love dogs. <laughs> Ridiculous. They bark at me. Um, so yeah. So she's, and she's a lot more, um, she's careful because she's been hurt, but she's not measuredly careful. I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean? She's not, um, it's not on purpose. She's just a little bit guarded, whereas he is like, no, I'm not going to feel this. So they become friends after a terrible, somebody called it an ugly cute instead of a meat cute. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's okay. They really did. It was not a good meet, even though it was really fun to write. Um, so they had a terrible first meet and then they run into each other again and they become friends and they both have their own reasons for being friends and they really like, they become each other's person. And she falls faster than he does because um, he doesn't want to fall at all. So. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun. You're muted, Court. Um, I just love a friends to lovers okay. so much. Like I love just like watching that progression. And I love a hero that is just so delusional. That's yeah. like, I'm never going to fall. Well, yeah. I'm just going to keep love my it. feelings like so straight. Yeah. And you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, sure you are. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. And I love <laughs> brothers are like that. Right. Because they've already gone through it. And you know, at the, at the end or whatever, when it's coming to his mind that, Oh, hold on. I really do love her. Love Haley. They're like, uh, yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? You're supposed to be the smarter one. Like, you know, so like, dude, we've been here. Like, so. So cute. Oh, I love to see how they unravel, like how they get to that point. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's tricky when you've written several books to make sure that they're all a little bit different, especially when you're doing siblings and brothers, right? Or, you know, I, I haven't done sisters, but the brothers, I wanted them all, they, they all had the same upbringing, but I wanted them all to be a little bit different to make sure that, you know, readers were getting a completely different story with snapshots of their other favorite characters. Yeah. Yeah. I do that think that's tricky. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Sorry, too, <laughs> you know, you're good. You can tell it's the end of the day. We're all good. We got this. We got this. No, we're not. <laughs> I was going to say, it's so interesting with siblings because you have this sort of like shared trauma, you know, depending on obviously what they went through in mm -hmm. their childhood. But, you know, every person handles that differently and it always affects, you know, each person differently. So I think it's really interesting when you see those family dynamics kind of well, play out over a series. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting in life and in the books to see that 
what they experienced, like you can both be in the exact same moment with the same people sharing the same and you take different things away from it. And I think that happened a lot for, you know, with the older sibling, they feel responsible. And so they took a lot of the weight of that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know even with my own family, like Kaylee just picked me up from work and she had all these little things that she was worried about. It's like, Kate, can you not worry about those things? Right? Like you have a mom, you have a dad, we're good. We can take care of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's kind of that pressure that we put on ourselves that gets emulated in the books that, you know, okay, I have to take care of that because I don't want to let anyone down. Right? So they view things differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so depending true. on your different responsibilities or concerns. Yeah. Or... Even if they're self-imposed responsibilities. Yes. Ugh. So <laughs> that hits naughty. real life. That hits real life, too. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I feel sage now. I'm not just sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, as an older child, I definitely feel that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's weird as a parent, and we have really – great relationships with our kids. We're very lucky and they're wonderful. Like they're just really good humans. But, and I try really hard because I grew up in a very different way. I try to do things a certain way. And, you know, Kaylee and our other one is Amy and she'll see things one way and she'll be like, but you did this. And I'm like, is that what you thought of that? Like, is that how you perceived it? So it's really interesting to me to kind of see those dynamics and be like, okay, that's not the impression I'm trying to leave here. This is, you know, I didn't mm. choose your sister because of that. This was my, you know, sometimes you need that background thinking. They they assume that there's a, a deeper reason or a, you know, a favorite or a thing like that, right? And that's really not it. So. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I know you probably can't say, but do you have a favorite, <laughs> a favorite brother that you've written? A favorite book um, child. <laughs> you know, every time I'm writing one, it's that one. But I really, yeah. I truly enjoyed writing all of them. But I think I love Wes the most. And I think it's because he kind of carries that self-imposed burden. And he's so sure that if he can just, because I mean, when you have anxiety or you overthink things, you're so sure that if you could just do something a different way, if you could just control the narrative, then everything will be okay. And I really connect with that piece of him and that piece that when he realizes that it doesn't matter how much I can control, things are still going to happen that I, I'm going to have to respond to, that I didn't want to, that I didn't want to have to deal with, but it's there. And so I really love him for that because I feel like he grows a lot with that. And he opens up and he's like, it's like this newfound world. It's like, okay, I I I was so scared of falling in love with you, but I'm already in love with you. So now I'm going to like embrace it. Right. I didn't know that's what all these feelings were. And I love that about their story. So many feelings. (laughs) Hope you're taking us to therapy. (laughs) I I love it. It's a group session. Good. (laughs) We all need these. We need them. It helps. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, speaking of favorites, since you have declared Wes, your favorite brother, and it's on the record now, so it's out there forever. (laughs) Um, What are some of your favorite moments to write in the romance novel spectrum? So I love writing, you know, the I don't write open door sex scenes because 
my agent told me when I first started, if you, if you're not good at them, don't do it. Just don't. <laughs> and I, I don't think I could be, I will read anything. I love reading them. There's some authors that are amazing. I have no issue with them, except that, you know, in your own writing, when you write them, I'm like, okay, this sounds like a really bad self-help manual. So I don't write sexy, <laughs> but I write all the moments up to it. And it's really important to me that you have a lot of, like, you want it so bad for it to happen between them. And so I really love writing those moments because I want to make sure all that, it's the moment that we really love in romance novels. Now I, I read Melissa Foster. So like, I like all the good stuff too, but I want readers to still feel that when, you know, you don't get all the goods, but you get the lead up and it's all the, that rush of emotions. And so I really love writing that. And I feel like most of the time I know when I've hit it on the other hand, uh, a guide to being just friends was my 32nd book that I've written. So writing the first kiss. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my God. You should have just seen even... our faces. <laughs> yeah. We just so... need to like bow down. <laughs> That's incredible. Thank you very much. <laughs> I only say that because it's really important to me to, I want, I want every story to matter. And so to write like the first kiss scene, the first, you know, intimate scene that many times, it it has to be different. And it comes from the characters and stuff. So I do it's, it's hard because I want to, you know, between reading and writing, it's like, did, did I actually think of that myself? Or did I just read like, you know, so I want it to be unique. But I also love it. I love that moment. I get really caught up in it when I'm writing it. It's like, they're so they matter. It matters so much. And I just, it's that moment where they connect. And I feel like that's the moment where the reader's like holding their breath. So it's that all the buildup of the tension. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it just all comes to its peak. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. they're at their most vulnerable, I think. Yeah. In that yes. moment. Far down. And it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm a mess and you're looking at me and you, you're, you're okay with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, and it goes I back to that perception thing again it's like it's just I, I think you know I've been married a really really long time and sometimes my husband will come home and say something super nice and I'm like why do you even like me like <laughs> but That's so relatable that, uh -huh. that feeling <laughs> like, how can you look at me and say nice things like or he'll just look and be like I love you so much I'm like why Oh. <laughs> but but it's that thing where and same when you have those first moments with them right it's like you the the characters feel like such a mess and in the book I'm writing right now like she is so out of her element she bought a trip away for her boyfriend to a fishing lodge to prove that she could support his hobbies and they break up before she gets on the plane and she ends up at this fishing lodge. She's like a city girl concierge. She ends up at a fishing lodge. She's never fished. She, like she says in the book, like she does not even fish at the superstore. Like it's not. <laughs> she's, so she feels so out of her element and so ridiculous. She's got like 300 band-aids on her feet. And this guy, oh. at her, like she's beautiful and wonderful. And she's like, have you seen you? <laughs> So, you know, it just like, I just, I think I just love those moments, right? Like we never see ourselves the way other people do. And I love, that's why I love romance and why writing it, reading it is because they're, they're looking at them different and makes them look at themselves a little different. So mm. oh, yeah. yes, 
I love that. Yeah. All right, Courtney, what's your favorite moment to write? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I love, like, after each book I write, which is definitely not as many as you, Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) But after writing, it's really neat to reflect and realize how much self-love goes into it. Like, with the love interest, I mean, where did that come from? I don't know. It just came from things that we want to feel validated about or seen or understood or just loved unconditionally about. And I love that so much about romance, how we get that in every story, whether we hear it in real life or not. It's so comforting to be able to pick up a book and know that it's it's going to be a comfort to you in some way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It it's weird because we might not even know we're searching for it, and that's why when you know you ha- you you guys must have people that reach out. And it's like you know writing the book, or I got rejected and stuff. It's like you know everybody will say it's a business, but it's it's so personal. No matter like I'm not Haley Sharp and I'm not Wes Jansen, but part of me went into the book, and so when you do have those moments, there's something there. It, it can't just be business, right? It's personal and. That's whether you're writing the book or you're reading the book, you're connecting with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's right. So true. And those are probably my favorite moments to write too, Fallon. That moment. Yeah. Like, um, like the sex scenes are always fun. And like, I love seeing kind of what comes up in them as far as like, just like. Fun. What comes <laughs> up, Courtney? <laughs> Hold on, I think I can back at work with the great boys. <laughs> Wow. Um, I mean, tell you this this is the perfect little story here. Earlier this week, if sorry, my dogs are being ridiculous. My they're laughing with us. Who does math was sorry was teaching um teaching parallel lines, and he goes, "Come on, two lines close together," and he drew them on the board. He goes, "Come on, starts with a P," and one boy shouted out, "Penis!" He's like, "No!" And (laughs) the boy's like. I, did I just say that out loud? My partner's like, yep. He's like, I'm leaving. Yeah, I don't blame you. Go be in the hall. Why? Oh, like, funny. 11-year-old boy. <laughs> and also romance writers. And, <laughs> future romance writer right there. Right. So what comes up? <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. You <laughs> that you love writing the sex scenes because you don't oh. know come up. You're like, what vulnerabilities will yes. present themselves? Yes. There we go. <laughs> or like silly moments where they can laugh or, you know, emotional moments. So yeah. it's always fun. But I, I love what you were saying about the buildup to those really like intensely intimate moments. That's yeah. probably my favorite part as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About you, Fallon. Good stuff. I mean, I definitely feel like I'm probably on the same page with you guys, but in the interest of something different, I I mean, because that really is like the best part. And that's usually too, like the scene that typically first comes into my mind Um, and then I just have to figure out, you know, how to get them to that point. 
But um, I also just love writing the banter. Yeah. And the dialogue. Ooh, That's always. And you're so good at it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's always my favorite part. Um, yeah. If I could write a book of just dialogue. You could. I would do that. Do you I ever might. Find <laughs> smiling like when you're writing the conversation? You're like, you, just, you're like, you just realize you're <laughs> smiling. That's yeah, the best. I, there's a I was just reading over my book three edits today and there's a, the stupidest line in my epilogue <laughs> that I just was like <laughs> <laughs> awesome. but you know then you know yep. that's a keeper yeah keeping that one yeah okay <laughs> awesome um all right, so I'm still recovering from your 32 books. Okay, so I write under two names. That's part of that's part of. I've been doing this for a while now, so that's part okay. Of so, can you tell us a little bit about what that's like, like writing in two different genres, having two different? I mean, just like the bookkeeping parts of it, like my brain <gasps> wants to explode for you, and the marketing. The, yeah, so the, yeah. So it's a tra- so. First, when when I start, so I write. My actual name is Jody Holford, and um, I had been writing for quite a while. I had several books out. When I signed with St. Martin's, I had quite a backlist already, and I was still working on contracts. Um, and when I pitched Ten Rules, they loved it and they wanted to sign it. And one of the things that came up though was, okay, how do we how do we pitch it so that it doesn't end up just being like not. I don't think they were saying anything wrong. Just, you know, okay, Jodie Holford isn't releasing another book. They wanted to be able to say debut author. So to do that, I needed a a pen name. So that's where the pen name came from. It was a a way to market me differently and make it stand out. Um, Of course, there is a rom-com genre as opposed to romance and cozy mystery, which I write. Um, That wasn't much. It's not much of a switch for me. There's a little bit about it that... um, you know, if I were writing horror or something, although Stephanie Perkins does that, she goes back and forth. But for me, the the genre isn't as hard. You know, you have to focus a little more in a in a romance, strictly romance. It's the characters, what's keeping them apart. Whereas, you know, with my other books for the rom-coms, it's more about, it, it's not women's fiction, what's their journey, but it's more like that with a lot more humor, right? So the genre piece is not too hard. Um, it's, it's been a really positive, wonderful experience. I, it's strange to me because it really sometimes feels like I'm two people because I go on and I'll go onto my Sophie accounts and it'll be like 42 messages and I'll go onto my Jody account and there's like cobwebs. (laughs) I don't understand. Do you know I'm the same person? And so it's a little bit tricky that way. I do find it, like I said, you know, people want just con like people want to see you and have things done. So like I'll do my ninja signings for Sophie Sullivan. I go in and I try to find my books and I sign them because I'm too shy and awkward and weird to go say, can I sign my book? And then I'm always worried. They'll be like, no, it's not your book. And I'm like, well, why would I come in here and sign a random book? And so I get <laughs> That's so relatable. So I do these ninja signings, right? But it's like by the time I go and do that, which takes a little bit of energy from me because I feel awkward on camera and stuff, then it's like, well, I'm not going to go back and do one for Jody. <laughs> so oh. that piece of it is a little bit tricky. So then I, I so I'm trying to share between the two. Uh, the one thing I loved about St. Martin's, well, there's several things, but it, it was never a secret. It's not like, you know, okay. I'm Sophie Sullivan and this is all I can market. Like, so they kind of overlap. It, it really was just a way for me to stand out and have some new authors and be in an amazing pool of other authors that I hadn't had a chance to kind of be 
uh, what com- compared or, you know, when you have comp titles and things like that. So it's like when they shared 10 rules for fake and it was comp to a much different um, group of authors than strictly romance. Hmm. So which would be a good title for a book, right? Strictly yeah, romance. I was just thinking yeah. that. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it mostly has been a very positive experience. I forever feel like I am falling down with the social media piece. I still have like 2000 followers. I, I don't know what the trick is there. Um, it doesn't seem to matter if I post puppy pictures or sneaking into stores like a thief, like it just, <laughs> I don't know what the magic is there. The part I really like is the writing books. And for me that, that piece is pretty, I don't want to say interchangeable, but you know what? I have a goal. If it's cozy mystery, I have to be much more um, methodical. It's plotted out. I I have to know what's happening going in. With a romance, I need a problem. So it's generally like, okay, she's coming home and hasn't been home in 10 years and doesn't want to stay. What makes her stay? And when I'm doing the rom-coms, typically, and a lot of times in the romance, I start with a moment. Like with 10 Rules for Faking It, she ends up going online. And I had this moment in my head where it's like she announces to the world on a terrible day that she's already having that these things have gone horribly wrong. And I had a line in my head. And it, and so then it was like, okay, how do I get that opening scene onto the page. And then what do I do with that? Where's, you know, so, so I kind of have to approach it differently, but it's all very, very similar in terms of writing in terms of like the genres really overlap. I put a lot of romance in my cozies, which some cozy readers don't like, but so it's, it's really not a huge leap for me. So, so I don't know if I actually answered your question, but (laughs) no, you totally did. And I just am like processing everything you just said, because like, I wish I could make my brain work on that many different levels. Like, it's just so impressive. Levels overlap, right? Like, I I really feel like they do with the cozy mystery. You know, the only thing I ever want to write is the romance scenes. That's it. Every book (laughs) is like, the rest is just filler for you guys to have a reason for them to kiss. like whether it's a cozy or rom-com I don't care like it's just you know those moments together and so and again it's connections too right like I love like you found I love writing moments between people and connections and you know I I reflect on my real life connections and the banter that you have and things like that and I like writing those moments and so that's that's what all of them share and once you know the rest of it that those are the pieces I feel like um, are so fun to write. It's the other parts, you know, like the details, like, okay, why'd they get killed or why, like, <laughs> you know, why can't they be together? Right. That kind of, it makes it tricky, but you're going to have that with every genre. So at, at least for the genres I write, I feel like they really overlap in a way that makes it a little easier for me. I like that. And then, and then you know, you're always getting some love story. Yes. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both very, um, what's the word, structured genres. Like they have a certain sort of, they have certain beats that that are good to hit within mystery and within romance. Is that helpful for you as you write? You know, I always, well, I'm not very good at reading craft books. I'm not very good at reading nonfiction books, but Mm -hmm. I always go back and like, okay, I did have the beats in there. I'm not 
good at intentionally putting them there. But I do like the idea, like I know in a romance, for example, that 25% and they should kiss. That might not be the same for the rom-com. I mean, they didn't kiss until three quarters of the way through the book in 10 rules. Um, but that's what happens in a rom-com too, right? Like mm-hmm. if you watch the proposal, they don't, well, they end up naked on the floor, but they don't kiss till the end, right? <laughs> um for a mystery with romance, I, I start writing romance and rom-com. I write. And then when I hit a wall, I stop and assess and go back and reread and figure out why with cozies. I have to have it planned out first. I have to know who the killer is, why they did it. Um, who the love interest is, how, you know, are they going to be someone that's suspected first? So I have to be really meth- methodical with those and yeah for sure they have certain points you have to hit you know you have to have the murder by a certain spot and things like that and I suppose romance and rom-com do as well I'm just not as intentional about it I like that because I am definitely uh not a plotter at all and um my critique partner is a very good plotter and uh, whenever I get stuck on a plot thing, I'll like text her and be like, I don't know where to go from here. And she's like, okay, well, what's your inciting incident? And I'm like, I don't know. Do I have one? I'm, yeah. I probably don't yeah. even have one. And she's like, you have one. It's there. Yeah. Just what's your motivation? Find the moment. My motivation is to finish this so I can yeah. watch friends. Like what, is, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes, I feel that. Oh. No, it's hard. It's hard. And the cozies do make me have to plan a little more. And I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit better. Like the rom-com I'm working on now, I just came off edits for something else or I just finished. Anyway, I'm trying to apply a little bit of what I know, but they still come back all in red. So I figure someone's going to help me make it better anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Yeah. (laughs) So you think I'd get better at knowing where commas go and stuff no i no, never nope. i will yeah. never no <laughs> I, will I get never worse know. at it i get worse at it because i'm like oh someone else will tell me right i mean <laughs> it's like math i'm so bad at math because i don't teach it and i was really bad at it to start now i teach just literacy and i i live with a bunch of math geniuses like kaylee's like a math genius she won awards from like universities when she was in high school she's a math genius so i figure why i don't have to do it they can do it i don't even look at the bill when we go out to the restaurant because i'm like i'll try to figure out the tip i'll still be here five minutes later and they paid already so when you don't (laughs) when you don't have to do something your skill there kind of gets downplayed Uh i just it's grammar is not my strong suit nor is math so, I mean, I taught English for eight years and when I got my copy edits back for the first time, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they let me yeah. teach children? Like, yes. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I, you're like, um, I feel bad about this. <laughs> I was like, wow, sorry, kids. I have failed. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> Never mind. There's word. You don't need to know. Well, at the computer. <laughs> but I just don't want, you know, when you're, when they're young, you don't want them focusing on, it doesn't matter how you spell it. Just go, right? Yeah. That's something to fix it. But yeah, it, it does make your brain a little lazy. And in our defense, it's a lot of words and we have to read <laughs> yeah. them many times. 
yes. they turn to mush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, well, you mentioned friends already, which, uh, gosh, I could talk about friends all day, but our kindred spirit. <laughs> we really truly are. Um, <clears throat> we're going to focus on a more dramatic turn. Okay. With some of your favorite TV dramas, which I think yeah. Courtney and I both were like, my brain cannot handle dramas at this okay. point in time. I know um, that's the way it should be. So fill us in on <laughs> what's good out there right now so that we can go watch them. So first of all, when I watch these shows, I watch with my eyes covered. I can't handle it. <laughs> My whole family thinks it's ridiculous. They spend time. I can't help it. Like I watch The Rookie and I love that show so much, but it's so intense. Like I have little, like, it feels like little mini asthma attacks during it. And I like get, I sit up and I'm like all like tense. My muscles would be sore after, but I love it. I love the writing and I love, I love that everything gets solved, but I'm also a really anxious person. So it's weird that I, to me, that I like these things. And I don't know what it is. And Kaylee started, well, both of our children have started watching. Our friend, so The Rookie has been my favorite show for the five years it's been on. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. It's got Nathan Fillion, lots of amazing actors. But my, our, a close family friend of ours is, is an actor and he was in the show. So he's got a, a guest role. And so, because the girls, I mean, they consider him like an uncle, right? And they love him. And so they were like, well, I want to see him on the show too. So they started watching. They're like, I can't believe you watch this. And Kayla's like, you have anxiety. How do you watch this stuff? You know, and even (laughs) last night we're watching Amy's like, but that can't happen, right? But that can't happen, right? I'm like, stop talking. (laughs) We don't talk about it like it can happen. It's just a show. It's all pretend. It's all pretend. It's so stressful. But I just, I don't know what it is. So anyway, I love The Rookie. (laughs) And now it's. It's maybe not fun to watch with me because I get a little too involved, but I also love Chicago PD. I did love Chicago Fire. I really do. I love the I love that franchise, but there are some times that things get a little too graphic for me. Like there's moments when you have to turn away a couple times. Um, that's okay. But I, I just like car accidents, anything to do with kids, things like that. It's just, you know, it's one thing when they're chasing after a, a serial terrorist thing that I know it's real. I, I don't mean to be ignorant or anything like that. It's not that I don't know these things really happen like, but it doesn't feel as connected to me as someone getting in a car crash on the way home from work, right? Like it doesn't hit home the same way. So I can watch yeah. it with a little bit of um, distance. And so when it starts to be too many episodes where I can't, then it, then, you know, like the equalizer, that show is so like, if I spent any time thinking about how some of it, it might be true, I would be stressed. But because of, you know, the way the show is presented, it's just this awesome, you know, intense mystery to be solved every time. And she's helping people. So I love that one. And I do love Yellowstone. I did not think I would. Um, my, I told my husband I would watch it because we like to watch shows together. And he just loves it so much. And I had to figure out how he could possibly think Beth Dutton was a good character when all I ever heard was her screaming. Um <laughs> I would sit in the room. I'd be like, oh, my God, can you – I hate screaming too, right? Me and too. He watches, me too. He watches like WWE and then he'll – like, I'm like, just watch something with no sound. <laughs> so that show, I'm like, I don't understand why you like it. So I said I would watch and it, it's excellent. I mean, I really, truly admire amazing writing and shows where I find it really incredible. And same thing, that's why I got hooked on Chicago PD as well. 
when you take a character that really you shouldn't like mm. and mm -hmm. you turn the audience around on that, like the fact that I feel empathy for Beth and the fact that the main character in Chicago PD, I saw him in another show. He had a like little walk on part as himself, like as that character. I was like, I will never watch a show with him. I hate his character. I hate everything about it. And he's one of my favorites. I mean, I just watched the episode this week and I'm like, why doesn't he have someone to love? Right? <laughs> so I, just, I get really hooked on that. And so I just really, I love that. And because I write romance, those kinds of shows, like it just amazes me how far ahead writers must have to think to make those shows come together. Mm -hmm. I mean, even a show like Friends and stuff, they say some of it, you know, like with Monica and Chandler, that was a, never actually their intention and things like that. But when you go back, depending on the lens you look at it through, I mean, there's moments where you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to end up together. And I always yeah. think it's amazing when you when you look long term, and you're like, this was always going to happen, or it goes back to something that was, you know, 12 episodes ago. And you're like, Oh, my gosh, now it makes sense. So it yeah. just Yeah, I just get really blown away by that. It's interesting, too, with like TV writing specifically, because there's this fine line of like, you know, you have these many episodes. Yeah, so you yeah. have to work in this arc, but you don't really yep. know what you have past that. Like, nope. can you put in a 10 year relationship story or yep. like, you know, you're always in that time yep. crunch of you have to get it done, but also leave things open for possibilities in the future. Yeah. It's like a whole new ball game. Yeah. And these, the backstories that they must have. Right. And for something like Yellowstone, I mean, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around some of the politic pieces of it. Cause that's just not I don't watch the news or anything like that because I, again, am really sensitive to that kind of stuff. And I carry it around and I watch that. And I'm like, first of all, I'm like, oh, that's not real. That doesn't really happen. And then, but on the other hand, I'm like, like, how did they, how did they wrap so much intent into their actions? And so I think, you know, I think I would like to think that some of that influences me into being a, a better writer where it's like, you know, you kind of underlay these things that, that motivation and stuff. I don't intentionally put it in there, but I'm hoping somehow it exists. Yeah. I love that. Then also feel like I can justify all the hours I spend watching TV because I'm like, exactly. it's helping me with my job. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Dialogue. Right? I actually have um, I have a confession to make. So when um, my child was born, it was the same time that like the sins of anarchy yeah. <laughs> were really big and like still releasing new seasons. I became obsessed with that show. And it is not a show that I would typically become obsessed with because it's yeah. so violent. Yeah. And just like downright bad at some parts, like really yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but it's a retelling of Hamlet and the writing where they just have these like I, I know no I I've got that face pal, and I'm like, it's a what? Yeah. What? It's it's a retelling of Hamlet. And I was learning how to write a book. And so I would look up like Kurt Sutter, who wrote the show, I'm like, how did he come up with this? And how like, how did he interconnect? And I think what you said, Sophie, about how, how do you make me care about a really terrible person? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you make me root for this really yeah. terrible person? And I was so invested in the romance in it, which I know um, just from like glimpses of the show that Yellowstone has a similar sort of 
yeah. romantic plot. Yep. Um, but oh my god, I, I ooh, that was I mean, it was I'm a exactly moment the I was same. obsessed with. It. Yeah, you get and you get really invested because I did the same. I looked up Taylor Sheridan and I'm like, okay, but like, is he some sort of genius? Is this teachable? Is there something <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can learn here? Like, I don't want to write Yellowstone. I would love to write something like Yellowstone, but um, I it, it's just I'm like, I just want to know that process for like what's going on. And I can my head is a crazy place. I can't imagine like what their heads are like when they've got that much backstory and everything's so woven in together. It just truly amazes me. Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I need to go watch Sons of Ar- Anarchy, <laughs> Anarchy now. I had no idea that it was like I didn't based either. on Hamlet. That yeah, the whole thing. Blew in my mind, Courtney. It's kind That's of a really... spoiler though with that show because if you know the story of Hamlet, it's like you kind of already know how everything's going to go down. But yeah. it's also very interesting to see how it plays out. <laughs> that show i can't with that show <laughs> oh, I, love I can't that. i can't See? watch it again that... because it was so traumatizing yeah. oh my gosh yeah okay yeah but see but isn't that like you don't want your readers to be traumatized but you want them to be like you know that moment where you're like i read a book and this happened you can remember every vivid detail because it really stuck with you right you're like that's how you want people to feel like i'm just randomly thinking about that scene today because it yeah. stuck with me yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you traumatize them? <laughs> yeah, and like, ha- like writing that, that brings you to tears and makes you that invested is just, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's really, it's it's really impressive how uh, it, it's the character building, right? I guess. I mean, that's what yeah. when you said you said something earlier about um, the vulnerable vulnerabilities, and it's us wanting to connect with people, right? And so it's like these. I don't know, maybe shows like Yellowstone and stuff, like when you look at it from a much simpler view, I don't understand how anybody could fight that much for their land. But then they have such a a great indigenous perspective in it as well and things like that. So it really like it opens up so that you're like, Mm -hmm. you you become not only um, more aware of certain issues, but just it's the characters that you're like, yeah, I can I can allow that because of this because I know what you went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how do you do that in a book too? Right? Like it just yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> tell if me you when you figure find that out. out please, I let will us tell know. you. Yeah. <laughs> I will write it in a book and sell it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. In a graphic novel. There you oh, go. There we okay. go. Oh, thank you for that perfect <laughs> nice, segue. Sophie. You're natural. Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, when we were kind of having our little pre-show chat, I think we all agreed on one thing, and that is that we want romance graphic novels. So how do we make this happen? So I have a friend who, well, friend, colleague, editor, um, who who does graphic, like who works with graphic novels. And he basically said, you know, you'd have to hire someone to do the art for it and stuff. And he's like, I'm not sure that it would be, you know, lucrative or worth it. I'm like, but I just want it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I just, I know, I think, I think it's Anna Todd that maybe yes. has one. And I saw it in the, in the bookstore and I couldn't even look through it because I was just too jealous. I'm like, I want this. I want one. <laughs> so I like picked it up and I'm like, I'm showing Kaylee because Kaylee's very well read. Both of my daughters are so well read. Amy read 200 books last year. She oh, reads wow. it's, it's 
unbelievable how much she reads. And so I'm like, look at this, look at this. They're like, okay, is it good? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me. I just me. want my own. I just want, you know, yeah. I just, I think it's amazing. Um, Rainbow Rowell has the anime versions of Fangirl. And so I have the first two, uh-huh. um, two volumes, but it's not, I don't particularly want that style, but I just, I think it's wonderful. I think it's amazing. It would be so fun and not just for the sex. Cause then of course people make comments like, Oh, so you just want like playboy or something. I'm like, no, that's, you oh. know, it's, I just, I want to see them on the page. I want to like, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it would be so cool. Maybe the uh, success of Heartstopper will lead uh, us yeah. into oh. branching out into more adult romance. Graphic but was novels. that always a graphic novel? I know. Yeah. I think it was. I think Alice Oseman had, um, like, she had Nick and Charlie. Um, I'm not sure if that was a graphic novel. So there were stories as well. Um, but I'm, I th- Heartstopper was always a graphic novel. So I don't know yeah. how do you how do you pitch a romance as a graphic novel, and then would would there be readers or like just maybe a companion edition, like a coloring book? I don't know. Yeah, don't and know. Heartstopper There's... is YA as well. So like, there yeah. are definitely YA books. But yeah. as far as adult romance, I feel like it really is an untapped sector it there. Absolutely is. And I think it would be amazing. It's like many, many episodes of your favorite show, right? Like, yes. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure there must be a reason. There's people smarter than me that are like, no, this is silly. But I would love it. <laughs> right? I know. I, I think the it. audience is there. So somebody yeah. needs to make it happen. Yes. And the three of us will write for it. Yes. That should be your first call. I truly, I truly (laughs) want to do an anthology with a group of authors. That's one of my bucket list things. And I, and I have, okay, I can tell you my anthology story. This is terrible. I don't know if it'll make me look bad. I've only been been in one anthology. And so I had just started in writing. I was trying to get a, a book published. I love, I loved the book. It was called Forever Christmas. Nobody would have it. And then this literary agency was like, oh, we're looking for short stories, romance stories. So I wrote a little side story about it. I was so happy. I loved that story so much. And it was my first actual published thing. So it got picked up for this anthology. And it was like 13, 14 years ago. Um, or 10 years ago, I guess I was thinking 2013 or around there. And so I told everybody and my best friend baked me a cake with the name of it on there. And we celebrated. And I was so excited. My story got in there. And of course, I don't write sex. I don't mind reading it, but I don't write it. So I don't mm-hmm. like I'm just like, this is a romance anthology. That's fine. I, I'm a teacher. So I'm pretty careful with what I post online and things like that. So the the cover comes out and I'm like, okay, whatever. That's, you know, I don't like naked men on my, I love graphic or illustrated (laughs) covers. Right. So I'm like, I don't really need naked men on my cover, but whatever. And I got teased (laughs) at work a little bit about, you know, what I write. I'm like, I don't write that. It's just romance stories. And I don't even know what happened, but so the book comes out, we get a copy and I'm reading through it. And I read the first one. I'm like, Oh, well, that is really explicit. (laughs) I'm like, okay, um, maybe I won't tell all my coworkers to read this because I don't want to be the one who recommends it either, not just to random people, like other authors and people who I know who like they read stuff. I'm like, okay, you should read that. But I get to the end, I guess I get to the end and I did not even know this was a thing. There was a dino porn story. I just oh. about died and my 
husband and best friend still mock me. They're like, maybe some dino porn. I'm like, are are you joking me? It was full on dinosaurs in love. And I there, nice. was, there were details. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, I, I, so I don't know if I need an anthology to redeem myself or I just really like to collaborate with other people. But I'm like, I need something that does not end in dino porn. <laughs> so. Okay. To each That's their fair. own. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You go ahead. But that was not what I was expecting for my Right. First you weren't prepared. Oh, right. Um, they did I not. not yeah. They did like, not well, prepare you. Yeah. No. Well, my story seems boring. <laughs> They're just humans. <laughs> They're just and, you, humans. and you don't even get the good stuff. So it's all the lead up. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, on that note, well, now I, I need like... a graphic novel. We, now I need a graphic novel of that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe that wasn't the best segue from graphic novel. I don't want to do that graphic novel. I just, <laughs> I just want that's a regular awesome. human one. Oh my there gosh, go. that's amazing! Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. All right. Well, Sophie, can you tell our listeners all the places they can find you online? Well, you can find me still because I think I'm aging myself out here, but you can still find me on Facebook. Um, I have author pages on there as Sophie and Jody, and I'm on Instagram a lot. I, I At this point, I won't join TikTok simply because I said I never would, and everybody's like, never say never. I'm like, well, now I can't do it because I'm a little bit like oppositional <laughs> to fun, right? So now, plus, I just can't get sucked in like that again. So I am on Instagram. I really enjoy Instagram. Um, I am on Twitter, but I rarely, rarely go on there. Um, so yeah, Instagram is the best place to find me. I've got websites, um, BookBub, Amazon, all of those, all of those things. My publisher just said to start being more active on Goodreads, which was interesting to me. So no, I stay away from Goodreads. Well, That's and not I'm for like, us. so I told a friend that and she's like, okay, so how do we get you to go to Goodreads and not look up your books? I'm like, no, that's, not that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I was trying to put a few things on there and then they were like, oh, you know, you should do this and this. And I was like, okay, I'll try. And then I just feel so awkward. I'm like, okay, I'll put a comment on my own book. And so that was very interesting to me. But in terms of actually engaging, I think Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Yeah. So. Yeah. No unless there's reads. a, unless there's a chat function in Disney emoji blitz. Cause I'm often there as well. Oh, <laughs> love that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. oh my gosh all right Sophie well, thank you so much for joining us this was so much fun yes, we was. laughed a lot today so <laughs> it was a good yes. one <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to move a lot during it but as we're saying goodbye I am gonna bring my phone out oh so yeah I can say hi so because yes. yeah, surprise guest I love it yes. oh yeah that I guess she could so Kaylee Halford has a amazing book called the last love song that releases summer 2024 a yes, YA contemporary romance, which is beautiful. Hi, Kaylee. <laughs> How are you? Courtney and Fallon. Your friend, Courtney. My friend, Fallon. <laughs> yeah. This is my daughter. Hi. Hi. And you will both be at Steamy Lit Con, correct? We will. Yes. Love it. Yes. That's we both awesome. will be there as well. We are. We'll have a big party. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Where we all stand in our own corners and read graphic novels. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the best party. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just wanted you to be able to say hi to her before we finish. Hi. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All so. right. 
Well, uh, we will put links to all the books in the show notes and all of that jazz. And thank you, Sophie. This has been amazing. It was very fun. I love chatting with writers about everything. So thank you. It was awesome to meet both of you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at Court underscore K, K A E, on all social media platforms. And you can find me, Fallon Ballard, at Fallon Ballard, everywhere you imbibe your social media. If you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode, you can find links in the show notes. And a special shout out to Zachary Kibbe and Matt Ballard for our amazing theme song. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time.